0: It's a new day, yes it
1: is! Welcome to the greatest podcast of all time, which is entitled, The New Day.
0: Feel the power
2: baby
3: yeah i just want to say i'm so happy to be here it's just real <laughs> chill. i'm really in a good zen moment you know the energy is about love it's just flowing and if only you guys had the same attitude play Words with Friends.
0: Come
4: on now. My year. Year. We I, even you know, get through
0: the intro. We can't, <laughs> through. We, try, we can't even put
4: you over. No. You t- I mean, come on, sir. All you guys heard our guest. is going to be
3: written, <laughs> Big E and Kofi Woods cheat at Words with Friends. Oh, oh God! I, God. I think Kofi Woods, oh, no, not Woods. Oh. Come on. No, no, no. Woods, you never cheat. Ladies and gentlemen, I,
1: I am Xavier Woods. I am Big E. And Kofi I Big am e. Kofi Kingston. God and we have a guest we have a fantastic guest who you've just heard his voice so you know who it is but for those of you who would sleep under a rock and don't understand what this man sounds like and you already should is the big
4: show Ooh, wow I, I like that that was a good intro man like boy hey hold on a second man i see i was hoping you would do this i didn't want to say if, mm-hmm. if you if you don't sing the big show song in that auto Come on man you better you you better Well it's a big show There's a big
1: bad show tonight y'all.
3: <laughs>
1: Hey
3: man that works pretty good I like that That's <laughs> over That has some, some soul to it you know <laughs> Yeah yeah that's right Yeah, man I need to I need like a 1976 convertible Caddy no, roll up with a nice hat, some big shoes with a couple of sharks in it, because my feet are big. I
4: can't have goldfish.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that sounded good. What was that auto
3: tune? You know, we we like yeah. to make sure our guests feel welcome. You know,
1: put them feel
4: welcome. Put them over.
3: Like I said, you know, the only group, the only issue I've ever had with two of your partners is, you know, the fact that they're word with friend bullies. That's oh, it. come on. Wow. So, so this stems. I think the world needs to know that Big E (laughs) and Kofi Kingston are words with friend bullies. If they have a chance to pummel you like 200 to three, they will. They won't let up. It's just one one shot after another shot. like, man, I can't even tap out. They beat me up so bad. It's just like, (laughs) oh, hey, man, how you doing? You want to play words with friends? No, I don't want to play words with friends with you again. No, I want to pull the skin off your face, is what I want to do. Oh, wow.
4: dear me. That's, that's an it? Face. <laughs> We're talking it's games. Just, just words, just it's words it's words with it's friends. See, that's the problem. If you put all that energy into uh getting your word game up, then you know you right. might have you might have scored a few more points. Okay. You know, future, small,
3: your my up, word game is it's fair to Midland, I admit. But what I'm saying is you can't use words like za. Why not? It's a yeah. word. Oh, that's that's it's for weird. pizza. Really? Yes.
4: Yes. That's slang. That's not a word. G- it's a word. X-I. Come on. Energy. Energy. Yeah. Bro, everybody, everybody know that. Everybody <laughs> you know? know it. Mm. That's energy, you know?
3: Yeah. yeah
0: we, we come for blood.
3: I don't think you guys should have taken those victories. I think, you know, I wanted a friendly game to play with my friends. I didn't want to, you know, have my inner child kicked right in the nuts. Taking of friends they're, they're, right. they're taking liberties. They're taking liberties. My inner show. child now has developed a stuttering <laughs> habit. It's a to pick up a <laughs> that's what you guys have done to my inner child.
4: No, no, hold up. But in all fairness, man. Okay, let, let's talk about games because gin. Okay, back in the day, gin used to be a thing. You know, we people didn't have like the games on the road. We used to play gin all the time on tour. And you right? talk about bullying people. Well, that's what you did mm. with those cards. You, I, I don't, I don't. Recognize- yes. Yes, you were a bully in the game of cards and oftentimes it involved money, which we won't talk about. You know, you talk about bullying. That was you. We learned from you.
3: (laughs) That's only if if I inducted you into the gin game through, you know, financial swindling. (laughs) Because it happened to me when I was a rookie. I first walked in the locker room and Jim Duggan comes in, the friendliest guy in the locker room, you know, Jim Duggan. goes, hey, kid, you know how to play gin? No, sir. He says, sit down, kid. I'll teach you. 150 bucks later, I learned how to play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you pass that hurt on to, to Kofi. Hurt people, hurt people.
3: Hurt- well, no, it's not hurt. <laughs> I, I educate. Now, Kofi is a very strong gin player. Kofi has done very well in some overseas gin tournaments and almost won them. Like, he's come in the top four. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kofi now is, you know, he, he's a he's a gin savant. Considered the amount that he's played and the and the way that he's picked it up. Where before he was a you know he was a target, he was a quick ten bucks. Now quick, <laughs> quick ten. Now not so much. You know what I mean? Because you know he's gonna play his cards right. He's gonna play the odds. He's gonna trick you into dumping so he can go down. You know, I hope he's got. A, and I would like to think that I had a small part in his
4: education. You see, you see From what's a happening right now. See, <laughs> yeah. and what's happening right. So I'm not, I'm not good at gin. Even now, even now, I'm not good. But you try to reel me back in for when you do come back. Hey, you know, I just put you over. You thought, you think you have me feel like I'm, you know, like I'm the stuff. Oh yeah, show said I was good. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up, and then you reel me right back in, and you go and take the money again. I know, I know this game, dude. No way. I think you're a good gym player. You've, you've really come up a lot. I think what you need is a little bit of pressure. Like
3: if we did like a, like a game for like, you know, like a 10 or $20, like $20 skunk, 10 games straight up, set first one 75 points, I think you could do really well. You know, you could probably get your, you could probably skunk me easy. You could probably beat me 75 to nothing. See that? Just trying to reel to you back in. Up the pressure a little bit. Once somebody talks numbers that
1: quickly, I'm out. Yeah. Immediately <laughs> <There
4: you go. laughs> I'm terrible with numbers with like taxes and everything, I go straight to my wife. <laughs> I mean the numbers you yeah. straight to the one. I don't even try.
1: So all I'm imagining now is when we get done, you go to your wife, you like, Do you do you think I can beat show and Jin?
4: <laughs> I mean, he said I was pretty good. He said I've come a long way. <laughs> I'll
3: make sure I send her some flowers and you know, that way I can get her to work on the other side. Yes, baby. I think you can beat show and Jin. you know? I think you can. If <laughs> mm-hmm. we start dipping into college fund money, then, you know, I don't want to come after me, so we'll just keep <laughs> it. We've known, some, we've known some guys in our group that have, have dumped some huge figures. Degenerates.
1: You have always had that kind of like looking out for Kofi mentality.
3: Which we was- have, and we've told the story. <laughs> I must go into it. I know we are going with this. It has a good ending. Yeah. Because I have to I have to eat my own words. So it's okay. I am because of who's involved, I will gladly eat my own words because I've never been so happy to be (laughs) wrong in my life. I've seen Kofi come in from FCW, all the four things that Kofi went through and how he strived and his his athleticism, his his commitment to be better, his commitment to be dependable and solid. And I saw him working into that championship role like he was getting there intercontinental champion move up to heavyweight champion you know and then there's these two guys I don't know you know and it was like always out, looks <laughs> like he just you know tipped over my bus on the way in and ate a cow somewhere in between you know and then this this other guy's running around with a trombone uh with a trumpet was it no a trombone Trumbone, right? trombone 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 running around with a trombone playing tunes acting like you know he's lost his mind <laughs> I'm like, no, because this I'm thinking three-man band. Like, no one's going to come out well on this. This is not going to work. Now, mind you, in front of the crowd, this is just what I saw back on stage. Clarify that. So I pull my friend Kofi discreetly to the side.
2: It wasn't discreet! No. No. no! no! You take no. it back!
0: Excuse me, sir, we have found the live! <laughs> it was anything but discreet. <laughs> you take that back.
3: Maybe it was a foot and a half to the side, but... Yeah, yeah.
1: that. It wasn't even I'm, to the side. We, we may have been still touching elbows, show. You and I, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> well, we all know how I am with business because of the way business was talked to me. I translate business the same way. When it's business, you can't beat around the bush and sugarcoat. You have to be direct. And if you can't handle it, you're in your own business. Period. So, like I told Kobe, I said, you know, I said, man, you're on your way to... Being a champion, like being a contender and getting that big title. You know, you don't want to run around with these two. (laughs) I mean, I get it. You want to do something. You're trying to create. You're in a lull right now. But these two are going to get you (laughs) (laughs) over I I love you, man. I just want to see what's best for you. Literally within earshot. Kofi, I love Kofi because he's never, ever, ever, ever been disrespectful except for words with friends. (laughs) Nobody looks at me. And he says, I appreciate that, but you know, there is something special here. Give it a look. I'm like, okay, I will. I'll reserve judgment, but I'm just telling you, you know, like, I, I mean, we've seen how many three man groups and whatever. And, you know, I just, to me, I thought it was a death sentence for my friend Kofi. I really did. I was like, so I sit down and I'm watching the monitor. And I hear this loud, booming voice come over it like I'm sitting in the Baptist church in South Carolina, you know, the <laughs> Pentecostal church. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything comes out and uh, the trombone and the crowd and the energy. And then I saw you guys work and the way you work together. And as soon as y'all came through the curtain, what did I say?
0: Apologize. Sorry.
3: I apologize. I said, forget every freaking thing mm-hmm. I just said. And I probably dropped it. <laughs> keep it for the kids that may be watching the show. <laughs> I said, I was absolutely friggin' wrong. What you guys is magic. Don't change. And I've been a fan ever since. Some of the best tours I've had has been with you
0: guys. Yes. I'll never forget the uh, Uso Six Man. We had so much fun, oh, man. That,
3: the Uso Six Man, Primo and Epico 2-on-1 Handicaps are my two oh with the choke favorite slams. You <laughs> let me choke slam The two choke slams or the, the one where Primo kept ribbing Epico because he wanted to get on Primo's shoulders to be taller than me, you know, with a chop spot and all that, you know, like back and forth. The last night we were in, I get to the ring, and Primo I didn't have his boots laced up. They weren't tight. I said, I don't know whether to be insulted or be proud. He said, This match is easy. I don't have to lace my boots up. This match is easy, you know. That and our six mans, I remember every night going down there, you know, with Usos. Those guys, Jimmy and Jay, are ridiculous. How good they are! And uh, I said, "I'm going to be serious now." And he's like, "Oh, I'll get you to break." I said, "You're not going to give me a break. I got a face of stone. You are not going to get five seconds, eight seconds, maybe." <laughs> he just looked at me, and I just okay, I'm done. Yeah. yeah, just knocked me completely out of character. I just gave up after about thirty fourth night. I'm not going to work with this group. Well, the the thing that that really uh, I'll say
1: physically hurt because. For some reason, I felt the need to construct uh, a situation where I got chopped in the back like seven yeah, or eight times. you're insane. Yeah. It, was, it was hilarious, though. It was a good spot, but I still felt bad. Because <laughs> you have large hands, the largest hands that I've ever seen in my life. And so everyone who's listening, you obviously know being chopped is something that hurts, and being chopped by a big show is something that hurts way more than being chopped by anyone else. But then when you take into account being chopped in the back by Big Show. <laughs> One of yeah. the scariest times of my life was the first time you crept into the ring. My back is here and I know, oh my God, oh my God, come on, come on, come on. And it was so loud, but I like didn't feel a thing. Mm, yeah. so That's weird. when I realized, wow, shows, wow, show my, he, he's, he's incredible. He's incredible.
3: <laughs> <laughs> can't there's, definitely, a in there's, there's definitely a love factor that goes in who gets chopped and how they get chopped. You know, there, there are some that get a great chop and it's loud and it stings a little bit. And then there are some that you'll see come back that are lit up and bruised and bleeding. Well, apparently, somewhere along the line, you know, got a disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things that the way the uh, TVs are constructed now without an audience, you're going to find that guys are going to come at us and be a lot better workers right now. because they don't have that audience crutch to play off of, too do a move, look at the crowd, do a move, look at the crowd. Like now you have to stay involved, stay involved with your opponent, and tell stories. You have to tell the story up here that makes sense because you're the only one in there, you know? So I think this, even though this is a crazy, crazy time and this, you know, it seems like stupidity is the real virus that's catching. <laughs> <laughs> The good thing that will come out of this for our business. I think you're going to see a lot of younger talent now. They're going to learn to be better workers. Because you look at the guys in the 80s and the 90s, ones like the Dusty and Arn and Flair. Yeah, those were huge names that were big events and big arenas. But what people forget is they also worked local TV shows where there might be 14 people in the studio audience. So they had to do that storytelling in the ring because they were working for the thousands, hundreds of thousands of millions at home watching, but it made their craft, I think sharper because they didn't have that crutch of a crowd. Now, when they got that crowd, they knew what to do with it because they felt it. more. So that's just my opinion on like now, because I see at first there were a lot of, uh, when I was watching our show, there were a lot of deer in the headlight looks without having a crowd. Now you see guys are getting really comfortable with it. And the gals, too, are very comfortable with it. Their, their characters look sharper because their characters have to be sharper. Their execution has to be sharper. You you really can't get away with a lot because you are literally exposed. It's like a triumph without a crowd.
4: I, I, so I want to say, dude, like, so I agree with everything that you're saying, but I wanted to back it up a little bit because you were talking about uh, the reason behind people getting, like, hard chops is based on kind of, like, their attitude. And I wish that you had told me that back in 2009 because when <laughs> – uh, I came out, um, you know, I debuted in 2008 and you'll remember I had a real, just nice full chest, you know, <laughs> my, chest. my chest was popping. You know what I mean? Like I would be, pep- dancing, and doing all I do, I go to like, you know what I'm saying? I go to do a push up, and my chest hits the ground. You know what I mean? Like it was a real, a real live chest, you know?
3: Real live. <laughs> <laughs> and and when you, you and I by lightning on a zoom call.
4: Yeah. You, you and I, you and I ended up having a match, and I remember uh, getting chopped so hard in the chest, and uh, my chest has never well, been the same since. You remember
3: that spinning jump kick that you did where you kicked me in the chin? <laughs> now, I, I've been kicked in the chin hard by two people. One was RVD, and the other was Kofi. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I've worked with some dudes that were sledgehammers. God, one of them's a redheaded kid that I love to death, but. Now he was like fighting a bag of hammers every night, and that was Seamus. Seamus <laughs> <laughs> is like fighting a bag, and he is literally I probably. I've had some of my best matches with Seamus. I think we work well together because it's, it's very physical. Like, I'm the type if you get physical, okay, well, I'm gonna get physical too. And it brings it up a level. Like, I can remember sitting in the back after a shower, and I'm sitting in a chair somewhere overseas. And I'm just covered in bruises in my chest, <laughs> my stomach, my forearms. And I'm thinking, I have some kind of iron deficiency. What's going <laughs> on? You know, like, why am I bruised up so bad? You know, and then I'm watching some playback and it's like, so <laughs> yeah, you and RVD, RVD did that to me one time. And right in the middle of his cell, he jumped up and gave me a spinning back kick. Hit me right there in the chin, and like and I told him in the ring, I was like, "Jesus, if you want to come back, just tell me. You don't have to kill me, <laughs> you know." And uh Kofi came out there, wanted to show his fighting spirit he yeah. to make me crazy. Hey, man, I'm in the corner, stuff. turnbuckle, and he tried to put my teeth through the back of my skull, which is great, you know. I respect that. You want to make it snug, and you want to make. And I don't mind snug. <laughs> snug is what we do, but just understand. You know, in our business, is ain't called a receipt. Oh. So you know, you bought that kick. Let me give you the receipt with it. Yeah.
4: yeah, I see it every day. You know, I see it every day. now. I look in the mirror. You know, sometimes you—it's what buyer's remorse, right? You know what I'm saying? I look in the mirror and starting, I start looking at my chest, I'm just like. Don't let, me this, <laughs> don't let me pass this sternum on to the kids. Don't let the kids have a sternum like me. If, if you ever get into the business and you fight a giant, don't drop kick him in the chin. The price is steep.
3: You end up smoke. with a chest
4: like a cart. <laughs> Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. Yeah. You know who's the,
3: worst, the absolute worst that I don't uh, soften? Triple H. Why? Because he's got such an upper chest when he's in the corner and he does that. His upper chest is so hard and it peaks. It's like slapping two bowling balls. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. Like it's just like it makes noise. But your hand, my off camera now. Yeah, cat just cat cat coming in. Cat crossing. Cat crossing. She does whatever she wants to do. Yeah, like chopping hunters, like it hurts me more. Like the bones in my wrist hurt, you know? Like hunters like, says, Give me a chop. I'm like, no, it hurts me. He starts <laughs> laughing. Like, what do you mean it hurts you? Like the whole time we're going around the ring, he's laughing at me like I'm a big wuss because I don't want to chop. I'm like, yeah, it just hurts my wrist. I don't like chopping. <laughs> so on
2: Hunter, like, no no one, once one can Hunter hear this Something like yeah.
3: that. He'll just, you know, he'll ride you every night the entire tour and just, you know, he won't let go. So it's fun. I trained legs with him one day and went at it pretty hard. And I was wrestling Taker that night. So uh, I'm in the ring and Taker and I go to lock up. And as soon as the dude Taker leans forward and just sticks his thumb right in my quad, (laughs) I was offended by it. Like it hurt. I rolled out of the ring. I looked at Taker. I went, What the is that? (laughs) What's the matter? Those legs sore, you know? And I could hear Hunter belly laughing at hurt you know like, Hunter said, yeah, we killed Sho's legs today so every time I got in the ring that's all Taker was doing was going for the claw on my legs it was, like, it was giving me anxiety because it was like I, I just start to get comfortable with something and he grabbed my quad I was like okay. that's how those guys were
4: just imagine being like a person in the crowd out there like what is Undertaker doing why does he keep <laughs> grabbing his quad oh that's the strategy he's trying to chop yeah. him down yeah. Okay. Yeah. oh he was <laughs> Undertaker oh he's like <laughs> It was working too. That lactic
3: acid was all built up. I was like I mean, I was like, I'm like, "Take stop, man. It's not funny, man. Just stop." And, you know, you know, Taker doesn't break character, but when he does, he'll have he'll put that glove over his face like this. So he's just he's giggling in the ring because you know I'm like, "Come on, man. Can we just can we have a match?" Like I'm trying to be serious because I'm working on Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> now, no, it's we're big show day.
1: If, if people knew the kind of dumb stuff that we were actually doing in the ring. Oh, or, yeah. So like the, the, the amount of time that something like that happens is so insane. And no, so it's, it's stuff that people can't necessarily always see. So even if he's just poking you a little bit, like you're losing your mind, but you can't, you can't show that. You can't show that.
3: <laughs> no, I'm trying to stay in character, but it legitly, you know, it hurts, you know, and then it's nonstop. And it's like, you know, and it doesn't it, it's it, it's annoying. You know, and, and Taker, of course, just pushes it to the next level. you know. That's like the uh, – you remember the – you heard the old metrics bar in the, in the, in the tag team with Hunter and them where he did that one time years ago? Mm-mm. It was a tag match years ago, and I think it was uh, Hunter and somebody against Jericho and somebody. It wasn't Jericho and I. It was Jericho and someone else. They do the sunset flip spot, and they used to pull Hunter's trunks down so he'd move the crowd. This was years ago. Well, Hunter had had Kyoto hold on to a chocolate Metrex protein bar. You know, and Hunter had mashed it all up and then hit it in the wrapper and had Kyoto hold on to it. So then just before the sunset flip spot, Hunter gets a candy bar back from Kyoto. She's Jericho off. There's a sunset flip. Hunter had already put it in his tights. So when Jericho did the, the sunset flip spot, the candy bar kind of stuck. So Hunter had to like his tights so a little bit to get it to fall out. And when it fell out, it hit Chris on the chest. and Chris completely flipped out like, <laughs> like that. but the crowd got it right away. And the, the metrics bar was getting popped. As soon as somebody would, would bump into it and kick it, because the match went on, it was like,
2: Ooh,
3: and then was <laughs> to the other side, Ooh, you know, it's like, you know, the metrics bar got the biggest pop of the whole match. Great. <laughs> but that kind of, that kind of thinking on the gun and thinking on the fly and that relaxing and trusting in the people you work with and trusting in yourself as a talent, that's where the magic happens and the freedom happens. And that's why I work with some of the younger guys. I try to plan every move, every every A, B, C, D, E, F, G in the back, like have an idea of what you want to do, but, but be open to who you are and be open to who you're working with. That's one of the things that I like to see going a little bit forward with these guys. And I think and that's with this no TV that we have now, this no audience thing is gonna help a lot of guys because they can't wait to have fun. They're, they the you know, the matches when we get the crowds back, I think are gonna be off the chain. You know, because guys have, have, have will have starved of that interaction. I think the fans are gonna get a, a better a better performer because the guys have put through put it through the dues, you know, have gone through the works to get there. I think it'll just be better all the way around. As you're talking about
1: just wrestling in general. As someone like you who has had such an illustrious career, you've you've been serious, you've been funny, you've run the gamut of all kinds of emotions. As we're talking about like a lot of live events where we work worked together, uh, I know that the three of us have had a lot of fun working with you uh, like on television specifically, uh, <laughs> and that string of like gimmick matches that we had. So like uh, the Thanksgiving match with the bar, that we yes. had stuff like that, stuff where Bicovi uh, like spit the mist in your face.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, the 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 muda,
1: <laughs> the muda, yeah, yeah. But so someone like yourself, who who came in this industry, and you're a huge guy, you've got this this giantesque figure. People are just in awe at at your size, at your skill. Is it hard for you, or was it hard for you to be okay? Oh, yeah going into like the funny route and saying, okay, I can take myself a little less seriously in this moment and still have a great time and entertain people.
3: I think for me, when I started, it was, it was the planets, and the moon, the stars aligned. You know, I was the right age, the right athletic ability, the right build, the right opponent. Cause I started in in 95. I I, I, I was brought in as an opponent for Hulk Hogan. And then, you know, from there, it was up to me to, to how well I did. And it was different WCW. Even though there was some great legends and some amazing talent in WCW, WCW was a different environment. There were guys that were all seasoned. I mean, I was the youngest guy in the locker room by like 15 years, maybe, um, which is a huge difference. And nobody was really pushing that envelope, so to speak, because everybody had guaranteed contracts. They had hotels and cars paid for. You know, guys just want to go out and chill and not get hurt. And then when I came to New York, it was a completely different environment. It was very, super competitive. Everybody's eyes are on you. Already everybody doesn't like you because you are talented, because you are athletic. You know, it's funny. I did probably everything I could do wrong when I first got to WWE. From running my mouth, from talking trash, to uh, leaving early, to just, if there was a checklist that you go through, like, you know, you just go, oh. <laughs> I mean, now that I'm older, they're common sense things. But at the time, it wasn't common sense to me. I'm so, I felt like I was on top of the world. Like, you know, I was making a little bit of money in my pocket. You know, it's good. I got long hair. I got a Marlboro light. <laughs> you know? And uh, it wasn't, it, it was rough because our business was different then. It, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a hold your hand to get through stuff. If you, can't get, if you can't keep up, you get cut out. Period. You know, so it, it took a lot for me to to uh, basically I had to, in a, in, a, in a sense, I had to go and pay my dues after I'd already got in, after I'd already been a champion. I had to go through the rigmarole of paying my dues and learning what our business is about and why we're really here. Because at first it was a lot of fun. I'm working with all these guys that I grew up watching. I make a ton of money. I got a head full of hair. Life's great. <laughs> <laughs> so you it keep makes, coming back to this head, yeah, full makes, head full of hair. It was a beautiful head full of hair. It was. What a mane. It's sad because like it was a couple of times in my life that like if we ever invent a time machine, Woods. If you ever invent one, I'm <laughs> go and I'm gonna show up like the little Martian in Flintstones. I'm be like, hello, Dumb dum and I'm gonna crack myself right in the chin. You know, just about 30 seconds before I open my mouth on something stupid, I want to show up in a time machine. I could have saved myself a lot of a lot of heartache and a lot of pain just by talking a little less, keeping my ears open a little more. And I think that's why our business is, is so much lighter than it is now, because we have so many young guys. There aren't so many old guys that are super aggressive, trying to hold on to their spot by tooth and claw. You know, and there's a respect factor that goes with our business. There's a respect factor. Your opponent, it's not go out there. If someone's giving you their body, you do the show, you do the match, but you make sure that that person can do that same match every night, four or five nights a week. You get them paid, you get them home to their families, you get paid, you get home to your family. No one on the card is expendable. You know what I'm saying? Like every person, every camera person, every backstage person, every enhancement talent, they all contribute to this Whatever we're doing moving forward, whether it's your character, it's another character, it's a the theme of the program, it takes everyone's input work together. There's just there's no room for that self-sustaining idiocy. And sometimes you come across, I mean, I know I did when I first started, because I did it out of did it out of insecurity. I knew I wasn't as good as the guys around me. I knew I didn't have the spirits as the guys around. Me. But I knew there wasn't too many of them that could kick my ass, so I just ran my mouth. <laughs> 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 you know <what> I mean? <laughs> What do you do if you can't kick a guy's ass he runs his mouth? You ostracize. I didn't quite get kicked out of the locker room or the dressing room, but, you know, I was probably pretty close. I've had a few discussions with this. If you've been around, you know whose finger that is. <laughs> Undertakers. I've, uh, it's funny. I've sat through many and asked you, and from him, that the time, I was like, God, why is this guy just picking on me? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, every time I do stuff, this guy's on my but you know what, now that I'm older, I get it, and it's funny. Some of the same talks that I got, I've given to other people almost verbatim in our business to help them. You know, you take what you learn, you take what you experience, and you try to pass it on to the new ones coming up. Try to keep some of the, the good parts of our business, the the brotherhood and the family and the being on the road and away from your own families. Because we are a family. You know, we're on the road five nights a week, you know, sometimes you know, 20 days in a row all over the world. We go through customs together. We go through bad bus rides and bad catering and crappy hotels and some crowds that you wish they had to pass deodorant out before you walked out the <laughs> aisle. <laughs> now, the tunnel of funk because nobody wears deodorant <laughs> <in> the <far laughs> of the world. But we've all been through that and we've all bonded through that. And that's that brotherhood and sisterhood is 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 the joy of what we do. Because think about it. All the places that we've been, even as a kid, when you want to do something, whether you want to be a pro wrestler to start with or you want to be whatever, a fireman, an astronaut, whatever it is, name a job where you get the freedom that we have to do what we want to do basically during the day. we got to make our flights. we got to make it to the building on time. I don't really have any respect for guys that can't make it to the building on time or showtime on time because that's just real laziness. You know, there's only a couple of hours out of your day that's demanded. you got free time. You can go to the gym, you lay in the hotel, lay out in the sun, do whatever you want to do. Go play Pinochle at the bingo hall. I don't care. As long <laughs> as you show up on Showtime. And then travel the world and do what we do. We have the billions of people on this planet. And if you're one of the guys or gals that's on the road working overseas out of the 30, 40 people maybe out of the roster that's picked to do those tours, you know, that's such a small percentage infinite percentage of people in the world to get to do what we do. Be thankful. Every day is a gift. Make that day count. And I got to and didn't I? I'm sorry. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: yeah. you spend a lot of your time yeah. just riding us, but you that was beautiful. That was really beautiful. You Yeah, well, don't don't, don't
3: you know save it. Okay. Save it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really that awesome.
3: That's what I want you. To. I want you to come back around the tree and then tree is going to eat you like a Stephen King tree. Oh, sir. Or try to lure us in. Oh yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kofi's gym game's real strong. I'll, I'll bet <laughs> gym, but... <laughs> of course, of course, we go. Where was that town we were at? Where the workout room is right next to the to the gorilla position. Real nice gym. Is that Nebraska? May is there one in Lincoln? Lincoln. I can't remember. It was either Nebraska or Iowa or somewhere like that. So I go into the gym and I've worked out and I've done my warm up, my one thirty five, my two twenty. Five, my 275, my 315. I finish off with my 405 for three. It's good, good, good chest day, you know, good chest, got those three flexed out. Big chest over here comes walking in <laughs> under the bench. I said, oh man, what you want on the bar? He goes, oh, you can leave it. He just reps out about 12 or 15 of them. Like just, <laughs> just, you know, you don't know how close I came to like stepping on the bar. While <laughs> you <laughs> didn't have to do that you know? Then, you know it's like yeah move your old eggs out of the way let me show you how to lift <laughs> like, what?
2: you get a warm for me <laughs>
3: like, there's, a, there's a time you know before the arthritis got in my elbows
0: First of all, I'm pretty sure that's exaggerated. That doesn't sound exaggerated. <laughs> I don't know. And second yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to save you some time. Just leave the weights. That's it. Thank you very much. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm with you with. You're weak old
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on there.
0: On. You see, there's a lot of pressure when your name is Big E and you're not tall at all. And I have to I have to live up to this pressure. Speaking of which, you are the big show. So I'd like to apologize for coming in with a big in my name. <laughs> it wasn't my idea. It was not my idea. But uh it's something that we kind of thought about we talked about is especially during these european tours you you know like being big is a part of your gimmick but this is like kofi likes to say this is my actual face like this is (laughs) you can you can talk about my characters but you have to walk around being that large and i guess we just wanted some insight as to how is living especially when you're on some of these planes even if you're in first class where you don't have much legroom. i know how uncomfortable i am and i'm half your size
3: it is difficult, but those are decisions that I've made. You know, somebody asked me one time, you know the small commuter jets that we take, charter flights, you get from one city to another city sometimes. You know, I sit in that front row, hunched over, you know, like 10 pounds of crap in a three-pound bag. <laughs> I have to turn sideways and try to squeeze through to, to get to that seat. There's two choices. Can either go to work or I can go home. These are the tools that are given to me to do my job. I love doing my job. I love being part of my crew. I love being out there with you guys. So it's attitude. You know, sure, you can be grumpy. And I was grumpy early in my life, I think early in my career, because I could never get away from that. I was on 24-7. Like every time I went out, it's, oh, giant this, giant that. I'm like, man, can't you just see I'm, I'm, I'm an outback? Then I had to realign my thinking because it was causing me stress you know i had approach it differently like there's you know one i should be thankful that anybody remembers me i'm in a job that the more people remember who you are the better you usually do it's called being a draw so you want that it factor and you know if it gets to be too much then don't do it stay home so those small plans yeah they suck i ride them because that's what we all have to ride going out in public i'm always on. I'm always trying to be nice. I'll always say yes to a picture. Uh, usually, I'll shake your hand unless you had your finger in your nose or something. <laughs> <other>. <laughs> you know, like when a kid comes up with his whole fist in his mouth and his dad's like, "Hey, shake his hand." I go, like, "Oh, no, no, no! We give you a nice elbow. How about that?" <laughs> no, that little that little disease factory you're carrying there. I don't, I don't a clue. I'm good. <laughs> it's a child. <laughs> it's a no. but it's often an attitude in how you approach it. I mean, you, you can uh, embrace it, be thankful for it. That's why I used to get mad at some and we've seen some people on our tours that weren't very famous, that haven't been in our business very long, that had very negative attitude. You know, and you've seen me jump a few of those people's asses pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Because my attitude is, is, look, I'm old. <laughs> if my attitude's good, your attitude should be good, too. You're young. You got them good knees. You got them good joints. <laughs> you can put a hat and sunglasses on and go out to the club. I put a hat and sunglasses, go to the club. It's on TMZ. So, you know, I can't hide that's why you won't catch me camping in Wyoming either. They might shoot me for Bigfoot. <laughs> 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 Stay out of like Colorado, Bigfoot, Northern Walk, Pacific Northwest. <laughs> We've got them. We got him. We got him. Oh no. <laughs> I can't Especially even with that beard,
4: too. That beard too. Yes. That look, that looking thick, boy. And edged up. Yeah, I know. It kind of looks like very white.
3: A little bit. Really thick and trimmed up. Nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Your boys at Maestro's there did that the other week. They trimmed it oh, up. Really oh, there we go. go. I'm going to try to go it long and do a comb over. But let's be bill <laughs> I respect
0: <laughs> it. Uh, speaking of Barry White, by the way, the yes. best, this is not in a wrestling ring, but this is probably the best wrestling picture I've ever seen. It's you and your gaggle of famous black friends, and I—it's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in black and white. Like I think you're everyone just like cackling, having the best time, sitting yeah. on like this L-shaped couch. It's such a tremendous picture because it's Lenny Kravitz, it's it's George Clinton, <laughs> yep, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, Denzel uh,
3: Washington, mm. Steve so Daniels, <laughs> George Clinton. How did this
0: come to be?
3: I'm. Really, really good friends with Lenny Kravitz. Like, I forget. Like, I went and saw Lenny play this past summer in LA. It's funny. Edge actually got mad at me because Lenny and I went to, like, who the hell is friends with Lenny Kravitz and doesn't tell anyone? Like, (laughs) Edge was was hot that Lenny and I were friends and I never told them. Like, I had. That's how I felt too. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just a different. I forget. He's Lenny. He's my brother, Lenny. He shows up at my house on Thanksgiving with a fork in his pocket and no shoes. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, you know, he's family, if that makes any sense, you know? So that night, he says, hey, uh, Fishburne's having to get-together at his house. You want to go? Orpheus? Like, Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. You know, like, of course. So we uh, we go to the house. Let me just say, one, how amazing Lawrence Fishburne is in person. His presence is unbelievable because he's got this deep, clear voice from the theater. Oh, and it's just just so natural and and the love that emanates off this man when you're in his presence is unreal. It's like you feel like you've known him your whole life when you meet him, if that makes any sense. It's such an incredible, incredible personality. So uh, we met Fishburne and he's dying laughing because his wife at the time, uh, when he was married to Gina, I had met her at a USA Bonnie Hammer party. You know, with all the USA people there. Well, I guess she came home and told Fish all about this tall glass of milk that she liked. You know what I mean? This big <laughs> I
2: didn't
3: know anything about this. When I went to Fishburne's house, he looked at me and started laughing and fell down the driveway. At first, <laughs> he laughing. And I'm like, yeah, it's February. So Lenny brought, you know, his biggest white friend he had. It's like, <laughs> it's like bring a white friend day. You know, because I was like, why is he laughing at me like damn like i'm looking at my clothes i mean you know is my fly unzipped like what's wrong Does you don't understand and he says my wife loves you and she's not here so right way, he's facetiming she got hot and she's like i have anything to myself can i just have anything like she was legitly hot so that was a nice little you know, icebreaker with him so then you know uh denzel is driving george clinton you know and uh they're pulling into Fishburne's house and and Lenny, you know, he's my brother, he goes, hey, you gotta go tell Denzel you loved him and Ray. What? <laughs> go tell him you loved him and Ray. <laughs> Washington is one of my favorite actors of all time. I am not telling him I loved him and Ray. I know that was Jamie Fox. <laughs> and he goes, don't f- go do it. i went, like, okay, all right. So, I mean, you know, I go in the car, you know, I reach through the window, I say hi to George Clinton, I say, hey man, I loved you and Ray. He goes, wrong brother. Got two.
2: He's
3: got one. Like so <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> I was like, Let me tell me to say that because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, I want to think I like, you know? oh, no, got <laughs> <man." laughs> like. I know, I know the difference between Jamie Foxx and Denzel Washington. Damn, I'm not dumb. <laughs> but that was an incredible night of um, just incredible stories by some tremendous individuals. It, it, it's a moment in time. I mean, you know, Lee Daniels had some incredible stories. Lee Daniels, I think, was a little scared of me at first because I was, like, the largest white person he did. Like, you know, like, he sat next to me on the couch at one time and kind of looked up and scooted over a few more <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Like you are going to topple over <laughs> on him or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know, like, <laughs> fall on me or something.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just start teetering. You go, Uh-oh, it's happening Uh-oh. again. Uh-oh. I'm just falling. <laughs> I told and,
3: you. You know, George Clinton, who – man, the stories that he has is unbelievable. You know, he's uh, just uh, the wacky business of show business, you know, and the, the funk music. And the one thing I, I, I think I can truly say after meeting a lot of the people that I've met in my life and been fortunate enough to be around, we're all people just because of what we do for a living. Being famous doesn't change. You. You're still a person. You still have, you know, you still want to be loved. You still want to be appreciated. You still want to be respected as an individual and as a person. You know, so you can't put people on pedestals because they're famous or because they're a wrestling star or movie star. They got to be people. A good friend of mine, Alex Ponovich, who's on uh, Snowpiercer and Van Helsing. I've known Alex for, for a good while. He's a good buddy. He's a real good buddy of Mata's, too. Remember Mata? Crazy, real deal Mata. Oh, yeah, yeah, NXT, I see, yeah, good oh, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alex got to work with Anthony Hopkins, and he just like that picture of me with Denzel and everybody. In that picture, I'm actually pinching Denzel's ass, trying to make him laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know,
3: I mean, you know me. We friends now, so what do I do? I but so, oh, I got a picture. Of him. He's laughing. You know, he made it funny. But Alex calls me and tells me about this this guy Tony that he's working. With. Oh yeah, Tony this and Tony that, and he's setting me up. You know, I'm like Tony. Who are you working with? You know, Tony, Tony who? He goes, you know, Anthony Hopkins. I call him Tony. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you're working with Anthony Hopkins and you call him Tony? He goes, yeah, I call him Tony. But it was an interesting, and this is a wise, I don't know if you call it a proverb or, or thing to remember. Uh, if you're a young superstar or a young actor or an athlete or just a person that doesn't do anything famous, it's still, I think, a good thing to keep in mind that this story will help someone. Alex was asking Tony, Anthony Hopkins, he says, you know, how do you, like in sounds like, how do you, with the character, and, and he cuts him off. I mean, and Anthony Hopkins says, you'll never be as good an actor as I am. It's pretty like, whoa. I mean, even my buddy Alex was like, damn, I didn't expect you to shoot on me like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like Anthony Hopkins says, he says, you put me on a pedestal that I didn't put myself. He says, you put me on that pedestal. And Whenever you put someone on a pedestal or put them above you, you're never gonna be as good as them. You have to believe in yourself and everyone's equal. So when you think about that, these guys that come into a wrestling like, oh my God, Shawn Michaels, oh my God, Kofi Kingston. See what I did, i when the younger talent does that, sure, they should be respectful, but they should also understand that they've worked and paid dues and made sacrifices and made whatever criteria is at that time for them to be included in that locker room. They've made it. So stop the kissing, stop shaking my hand 17 times and catering, line. And you know I me, mean? I don't need to know you until I work with you, you know, unless you've done something, in the Ring, that's going to make me a fan of you. Because it's, it's not going to set in. There's too many faces, there's too many names distinguish yourself set yourself apart be an incredible talent in the ring you don't get points for being the nicest person backstage you know what i'm saying you get points for for being a competitor in the ring you get points for putting seats you get points for being safe dependable whatever we ask of this young man and young lady they can do that's my words of wisdom to the younger generation watching you know because you know you're trying to get your food you've got four pre-tapes to do two matches you know and then you look over and there's like four guys lined up to shake your hand. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate well, Not it. yet. Not yet. Hey. I, uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. There, there's way too many idiots in politics. I don't need to add. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm good.
1: Your acting career. Let's go
3: there. Like, tell people about your show on Netflix. Big show, show on Netflix. Um, that was a great culmination between WWE and Netflix. Um, I've driven Vince nuts since Rock was on Saturday Night Live for a sitcom. Like, to the point of all those trips overseas to Iraq and Afghanistan with Vince, if I sat next to him, I was driving him nuts. All those times you guys came up to, to Raw and I was sitting in the chair next to him, at some point that night, I had driven him nuts about my TV show. Like I wanted to show, like I'm telling you, I can do this. I can do this. Like when King of Queens came out, oh, I, I think Vince banned me from Gorilla for like, He <laughs> was like you see, I could do this. I could do this. King of Queens. I can do this. I can do this in my mind. Let's, let's 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 call it what it is. King of Queens <laughs> is a pretty good show. It's pretty fun. But- Fantastic show. This opportunity came up with this partnership. I got the chance, and they put the uh, put the ball in my hands. I ran my mouth, told them I could do it, begged for it, and I got the opportunity. It only took, what, 15, 16, 17, 18 years. It's great. You got the great casting. The girls on my cast are amazing. Allison Munn plays my wife, Cassie. Juliette Donafield, uh, who's a favorite among the little kids. She plays my youngest daughter, JJ. Lily Brooks O'Brien. Plays my uh, middle daughter, Mandy, who is the, she recycles. She's very, uh, very liberal. She's the, the one that you know is going to be running for public office, the shining star, but she's also got middle child syndrome, which I guess is a real thing according to her, on her character. And then uh, Raylan Caster, who plays Lola, who's my oldest, my previous relationship. So, um, it's my big show character, retired living in Tampa, who's now not on the road four or five days a week, who's home. He's got three girls. His oldest daughter comes to live with us to get more time. Her mom's working at a different job, got a chance to work in Europe. So now I have these four girls in the house. It's pretty much me uh, like a puppy in a giant house of bacon. I'm all over <laughs> the place. You know, I want to make up. And I think it's something that all of us can identify with. When we're gone on the road, and we come home, we try to make up for being gone. But you want to be involved. You You want to make the practices and the recitals and And just everything, even if it's just hanging out with them, whatever it is, because you want want to soak up as much of their presence as you can because you miss them. And I think that's where my character's coming from, although I tend to uh, screw up everybody's plans on the show. My oldest gets a boyfriend, he's got a real cool name, named Greg Turbo, but I end up developing a bromance with her boyfriend, which instantly makes her dump the boyfriend, and then I have to break up with him too, because like, Him and I are sneaking off and getting yogurts and going to batting cages (laughs) and stuff because we're like bros. And she absolutely hates it because her dad can't be friends with her boyfriend. It's just weird. It's really well written and it's a show that I wanted for the entire family. That's the thing. When you have kids, unless it's a cartoon, there's not a lot for you to watch. And some of the shows you do watch, some of the kids are so snarky. My kid talked to me like that, I would shave his or her head.
4: <laughs> thank you, thank you,
3: thank
1: you. <laughs> That's
4: all I want to do. I can't wait. So, yeah. always
3: give me five for that. That's a great punishment. Yeah, shave the head, girl or boy, shave yes. the head. <laughs> yes, I see how you're doing. Oh, okay. You, you're expressing yourself now. You're expressing yourself. Well, you're expressing yourself in a disrespectful way. So let me disrespect you by taking all your hair. <laughs> Because I know how mad it makes me. <laughs> so that was always my threat for my daughter. I never. <laughs> I used to tell her all the time. You know, she got older. She got smart to like, Save your head. No, you won't. You like my hair. I might do it. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I became the giveth and taketh aware of electronics. It was like the iPads, the Kindles, the phones. Well, I'd take all that away somehow. Well, how am I going to contact my friends? I don't care. Light a fire in the backyard and send them a smoke signal. <laughs> you no longer have electronics. <laughs> you can't manage electronics <laughs> and do what you need to do.
0: <laughs> the, 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 you know, mines the Jedi mind <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> <"Sure,
3: laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. You are not getting these back. <laughs> so, and the force is with me. Hey. So,
1: I, still, still, kind of on the on your acting uh, experience, I feel right. like people don't always realize uh, that the people coming out of WWE that are in acting, that are in Hollywood, that have TV shows, right. like they don't ever realize. Whenever I'm talking to people about it, like the, that you've the fact that you've been on the grind acting for years, that yeah. you have put time in there as well. Like you've paid your dues in wrestling, and you've gone through years of paying dues in in Hollywood. Do you, right. you find that something that people don't realize as well? Yeah, I I
3: think people are, you know, because it's, hey, look, you know, somebody sees some success. They're like, oh, of course, it's destined to happen. Or, yeah, look at the size. or, 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 of course, it's Big Show. He's been around. You know, I don't think it's hard for anyone to understand the work that goes into it. Or a lot of opportunities aren't given to you because of your size. Yeah, I haven't gotten any parts yet that are You know, academy award worthy or anything like that. But you know what? I'd love to have a part where I could put some real, some real guts into it. You know what I mean? Something like that to show the chops. I mean, you know, you, you work with what you can, but it's hard to prove to people that this giant, massive human being isn't just a a doorman. And you know what I mean? It's like, there's more to me than that. You know, there, there's depth. I understand character. I understand where the characters come from backstory. I mean, I've had to do that with years of, of sports entertainment. It's just like live theater. What we do is like live theater. You know, Wendy Malick is, is a good friend of mine. and That was one of the main comparisons that she said about what we do. We're on stage every night, you know? So yes, when we go to our different opportunities that come up with wrestling, a TV show here, an acting gig here, even shooting a commercial with other actors and you're that wrestler in that commercial, isn't it funny how surprised every producer is, or every PA, or every other actor at how polite we are, how we're on time, and how we know our lines? You know, just tell us where to stand and what cam- and what camera to work to. I, I didn't know you guys so, yeah, we're all like this. Men and women, too. Like, this is, this is every day for us. This is a grind. We've got some incredible young men and women in our industry. They could be representing companies extremely well that aren't going to go out and do some of the things that other athletes do. It's hard for me because I feel like, and I came in this business 20-something years ago where respect was even harder to find. 25 years ago, I went to Hollywood. I couldn't get a meeting. I couldn't get one with anyone. But because of the success of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, because of the success of Dave Batista, success of John Cena, the only wrestlers that Hollywood knew about before those guys was Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan. We were all typecasted. You know, Rock was able to change that. Rock was able, to so no, I'm an action star. I'm the action star, and I'm going to fill theaters and break box office records. Dave Bautista says, "No, I'm a big muscle up dude, and I can be funny, like funny, funny, because you know, I mean, he's got timing, and he's got, and we know Dave and his heart and his personality. Same thing with John. John's a consummate professional. He goes out there, and, you know, he is Captain America, literally walking 24 <laughs> seven. That's that's Captain America, you know. So it's good for for Hollywood, starting, I think, to adjust to the fact that we're not a, a cesspool of circus performers and car salesmen, <laughs> yeah. that I think was the misnomer to begin with. I think they are starting to understand that there's a lot of people that are very passionate about entertainment, very passionate about their careers. The one thing that all of us have in common is, is that desire to perform, that desire to express, because I think that's been the hardest thing for me the past few months, you know, the show wrapping up, COVID, you know, not really doing much with Raw, or SmackDown, you know, it's where's that, where's that creativity? How do I, how do I get this out? Because this is bottled up, you know. Obviously, from Words with Friends, you guys know I can't spell, so it's not like I'm gonna write a book, <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> audiobook, bro.
3: Yeah, maybe I can do that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll speak into a microphone or somebody else. Can. The, the, the tumbling that I took from Big E and Word with Friends has scared me from ever sitting down to a typewriter again. <laughs> <laughs> typewriter. A typewriter?
4: A typewriter. typewriter's brought, brought it all the way back. brought it all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you use? I mean, these, I, don't, I haven't seen a typewriter. Uh, a laptop? A, a laptop, computer? A
3: phone? An iPad? You, you know, know what? Uh,
1: on that, on that, on that, we're gonna rap.
3: On that we're gonna
4: wrap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did there? Like, oh, oh, yeah, hey. we well, are yeah. yeah. talking about May Mays. You know, you know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> May so, story. Tell the May story,
2: <laughs> then we'll go. <laughs> 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 Tell <"T-may-may's story.
4: laughs> me oh, oh my god. That's the last one that we got to say. Where stop. were yes. we? Australia? Yeah. Is
3: Australia? It was. Australia. I was you guys were making all these different videos online and they were cool. So I remember saying to Biggie and Kofi and yourself. I said, hey, those May y'all are guys are doing are pretty cool. <laughs> it all fell out. I you didn't know it was called a meme. Like, <laughs> you know, why is it a meme? Why isn't it a meme, meme? Like, you know, I it was a Maymay.
4: You know, The funny thing about it, too, is that earlier in the week, you had said it in conversation. I was like, did he? Uh, he we let it have, slide. We let it slide. He must have it he didn't intentionally say May And then we later in it, that tour. talked about it. <laughs> And we did. Yeah, we talked about, and then later in the tour, you come back. Can we you say, believe oh, his big dogs. He said, "Maymay." <laughs> he, said, he said, May-may, right? Oh no, that's yeah. a mistake. We're like,
1: no, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. He he, he'll, he'll learn. He won't hit it again. He won't hit it again. He said, "No, it just, it no he did."
3: He did though. He had to yeah, if you catch me. You got to tell me because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got in a big fight with Edge. I was working with Kali, and he used the wrong word. I said, uh, oh, man, "I just, I just hate how my character." You no, know, I'm subjugating my character. <laughs> and the edge goes, What are you talking about? Said, Dude, all I'm doing is just, I'm just bumping left and right. I mean, poor Kolly, you can't do nothing. All I'm doing is bumping and feeding, and bumping and feeding. I can't I can't be subjugating my character like that. He goes, I don't think you know what that means. What's <laughs> what you're sure to do. Subjugate, you know, to, to devalue. Subjugate means to enslave. I went, no, it doesn't. Pain. What does subjugate you me? You're a king from the other. He is to enslave. You know, <laughs> Please stop bothering me, you idiot. You know <laughs> you what know, I'm So that was, that was the big, you know, because Edge is a wordsmith. That must have
1: been 10 years ago. Is there anything that you want to tell the people that you didn't get to tell them while they've had
3: you here? Oh, you know, I forgot what we are doing. I was just happy to see you guys. <laughs> Aww. You know, I, I've done a terrible job of promoting the big show show on Netflix and, promoting Monday Night Raw, my current controversy with Randy Orton. But uh, anyway, I just miss the hell out of you guys. That's all. I'm just happy to see you. Miss you too, show. You too, miss man. you too, show. No, you should feel bad for beating my <laughs> words <laughs> with friends. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I'll never feel for bad. No. <laughs> You're a big green, jealous monster. That's what it
0: is. Never. Jealous monster. No, sir. Not me. Hey, not I.
1: Well, make sure that y'all are following uh, Big Show on all his social accounts, keeping up with please, all the stuff please. that he's got going. It makes on.
3: you Catch up my cool memes that I put out every now and then. Thank
1: you guys for listening. Uh, Make sure you're telling your friends about the New Day podcast, making sure they know how to download it, make sure they subscribe, and make sure they go get that sweet New Day podcast T-shirt.
3: Do I get one of those for being on the show?
1: Yeah, you just gotta yeah, go to the yeah, website. Yeah. You gotta go
4: to the uh, www.shop.com first, and uh, you know, enter in your credit ah, card information. You're make
3: me pay. Wow, you, <laughs>
4: wow,
3: you're excited, man. wow.
4: <laughs> we'll get you one, bro. We'll yeah, get you yeah, one. We'll
3: get you one. I mean, you—you well, like part. a
4: size large now, dropping all that weight. He slim? Oh, he's slim yeah. now. Yeah, am yeah, slim. Big in big show with the big and asterisk in, and yeah, in, in quotation marks. So. My
3: mouth now. I'm too light in air. I might not be able to back it. Up.
4: I gotta, I gotta he's be, not I got to be out who I who I
3: talk to now.
4: He's just tall. He's the tall show now. Tall show. He's just tall. I'm now. not afraid of him. He's wearing a, a medium shirt. Is that? Yeah. He's trying to look at the tag. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing a
3: double medium.
4: <laughs> ben, bend down for a minute. Let
3: me see. That Did I tell you about the lady at, uh, at Burger King cussing me out? No, um, but now I have to hear about
0: it. No, we, you <laughs> I, have to, have you're never to. closing this show. Never. never no, so. uh,
3: you can keep this or leave it, whatever. So I'm at Burger King and I got tanked up on, and I have lost a lot of weight. So I'm standing in line, and this is before all the COVID craziness and all that stuff, of course. You know, so I'm standing in line. This black lady behind me says,
2: mm,
3: "Like that." And I, I look back at her and she's just just sucking her teeth like completely disgusted with me. <laughs> like, I'm like, what did I do? I don't know what to do. She goes, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And I'm like, I haven't beaten anybody up on TV. In my <laughs> mind, I'm like, I sit in cat poop or something. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what I said, pardon? Because I'd be saying to yourself, I know what you're doing. What is that, man? You run around, got all them tattoos on, you trying to look like the big show. You ain't no big show. <laughs> Big Show's, big Show's a big 500 pound good looking man. It's your skinny ass. You know. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, I'm just mm-mm. Big Show's a big fine man. You, you I'll be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> she was done with me. I was dismissed. I, was I just turned around and I was like, I pull out my wallet or like here's my ID. Would she know my real name? I mean, you know, but yeah, she was completely upset with me because the Big Show apparently is a 500 pound good looking big man. And I'm just some <laughs> skinny thing called the white guy that I'd be embarrassed
2: by the Big Show guy too.
3: That was, that was a, a be compliment and an incredible diss all at the same time. Same time. Well, that was like, you used to be fine.
4: Yeah, that was it. it was like, and look at you now. now <laughs> look, at you. look at you now. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> it
3: used to be a quarter ton of fun. You- <laughs> 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 All right. Oh, man. Yeah, thanks, Thank you show. for having me on your show. I'm sorry Thank if you, I, I was not the guest.
0: No, you're incredible. Come on, man. Thank you, Sean. So good. I love you guys so much.